I don't get into it with people online. I try to fly below the radar. So much of my existence has been about how little space I could possibly take up in any given situation. When I lived in Los Angeles, I knew the right lane to be in the entire time, and I would stick to it. For it was usually easier than the potential for having to merge later, even if it meant spending more time behind someone going slow. In airports, I have my documents ready, and I enjoy effortlessly gliding through TSA pre-check. A celebrity once called me smooth, and I think that's how I see myself, as someone perfectly slender and slippery like a walking ball of silly putty. No edges, no things to catch on a sweater or cause a pull, but sometimes it's inevitable. You let your guard down or someone else snags you and you have to engage to wiggle them loose. Some people are all toothy and prickly like a cactus. Then a cactus and silly putty do not go well together. It's a mess. Or in the case of my marriage, it's just the shape of love. So my heart goes out to all you fellow smooths out there this holiday season, just trying to slip by but being reminded of your earlier, less smooth self by time spent around family. Enjoy a can of cranberry sauce, the original food of the smooths, and be merry. For in the end, the smooth will reach the promised land first. And you're probably going to have an easier time sluicing through the portal that leads us to the deep night. Are you tracing your hands and making turkey shapes? It's me, Dale Seaver, your host, guide, and gobble-gobble guru through this next hour of regrets and revelations. Here we go. Holidays are here. We are in it now. Get those packages ordered. Get those little heat warmers in your pockets for the parade route. Prepare for overdoing it on the eggnog. We come to you tonight from one of the most dazzling places to celebrate any holiday, the foul banks of the Gowanus. And most of us in the Gowanus community are prepping for the Gowanus turkey paddle, where we all get in homemade boats and rafts and paddle down the Gowanus after a big meal. We only ever lost two people to the fumes and sex diseases, so here's hoping we don't lose two more. We really can't afford it. The other night, the oil slicks caught the lights of the refinery, and oh, 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 you talk about magic. Some big news coming up. Are you ready for show plugs? How long has it been? Well, I took the fall off because I'm old. and be <laughs> But we're bringing back the live shows in a big way, starting with one of my favorite events, our annual sojourn to San Francisco for SF Sketchfest. Tickets are now available for an event we're calling Deep Night with Dale's World of Gems, a variety show inside a crystal shop, which is really inside a theater, which may or may not be inside my mind. But it's definitely in the Embarcadero, downtown San Francisco, so get those tickets for an evening of comedy, healing, music, and more. When I'm joined by guest comedian Joanne Schinderly, Phoebe Bottoms with Gary, members of Casper Hauser, and more. With animation by Leanne Rule, maybe some short films, too, we'll see, plus music by the Bay Area's own sensational group, Zelma Stone. It's 20 bucks. All right, so set that aside. Maybe you get a little holiday scratch, just set it aside. It's going to be at the Gateway Theater, San Francisco, Sunday, January 19th at 10 p.m. 10 p.m. That's a late show. <laughs> but it's a great show, and it's a holiday the next day, so what are you doing? Enjoy some comedy. The ticket link is up on our website, or you can go to sfsketchfest.com. 
sfcoffeeshop.com for the full lineup, and it's a terrific lineup, by the way. Just, uh, my gosh, SF Sketch Fest 2020. Uh, oh, Cole, Jenna, and David do such a good job. It's just a great, great thing. Okay, so now to my guest uh, today. This is a great talk with comedian podcaster Twitter Doyen. Is that how you use Doyen? I'm using it. Julia Clare. She has performed at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival, Limestone Comedy Festival, Brooklyn Comedy Festival, New York Comedy Boston Comedy Festival. That's a lot of travel, folks. That's what it's like. That's what's being. That's what it's like to be a comedian. She's open for Ron Funches, Aparna Nancherla, Carmen Lynch, and A.D. Bryant. Now, two of those people have been guests on this show. She performs all over New York, so I do hope you can catch her when you can. She's the co-host of the podcast Reply Guys, which we'll talk about. So let's get to it. Let's get to it. A conversation with comedy's own Julia Clare. Julia Clare, welcome to the deep night. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like we have to get right into it. Okay. Uh, because you are a person who I so admire for uh, your quickness, for your political observations, for your keen <laughs> insights. So uh, let's start with this. What is a reply guy? <laughs> um, oh, the question of the hour. Um, a reply guy is just, it, it. they exist kind of only on on Twitter, and they're just someone, uh, a man on Twitter who replies to all of a woman's tweets, no matter what the subject. And, you know, when you make a Twitter account as a woman, you are rationed at least one reply guy. Really? Yes. There's always someone who just kind of locks in and assumes a certain kind of familiarity and relationship. Yeah. It's like, for me, it's a lot of adjunct professors from liberal arts colleges and like sword guys like guys sword guys sword guys guys who have pictures of swords in their profile picture it's a choice isn't it it is <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean they're into ren fair stuff i don't know blacksmiths uh, i don't know it's uh, I, I don't question sword guys no. they seem like they've got a lot going on <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> yeah you don't need to get involved with the sword guys that's uh and so uh you, you've got these folks and they contribute what nothing? Uh, yes. Yeah. B precisely. Yeah. Uh, well, you notice I am wearing my hashtag turtleneck uh, today. I have a lot of uh, hashtag symbols that's mm -hmm. all over it. Yeah. Uh, in honor of our conversation today. Thank you so much. Uh, because, but do you ever get worn out by it? By by the whole experience of Twitter? You're someone who is uh, frequently on there. At least in my feed, <laughs> you come up a lot because uh, it's so funny, and and also. Um, uh, very of the moment and timely. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, no, I'm very sick and I'm on there a lot because I have uh, various psychological disorders. <laughs> no, um, um, also thank you. I always appreciate um, turtleneck content, as yes. as you yes. all know. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the way that I am able to not go completely nuts uh, on there is that I don't only talk about politics and I don't like, there's so much great stuff on Twitter. There's so many funny jokes and there is still a lot of good stuff on Twitter. That's not black hole political discourse. Um, so, you know, we all, and, and every now and again, I need a break. So I'll have to have someone change my password because that's the only way I can't look at it. Um, I've taken again, it off the phone. Yeah. Oh, I've tried that too. Yeah. I, again, it I'll just back on there. It creeps back on. I mean, I've, I've deleted the, I've, I deleted the app, many moons ago but 
I'll just look it up in my browser. I'm very sick and I can't stop. And that's why I need someone else to stop me. And what is it we're waiting for when we we have it there? Because for me, it's like I I, I hope that there will be a a change. (laughs) Yeah. Something uh, something dramatic. Yeah. And yet every day it's just little dribs and drabs of drama, but not the thing that says, oh, there it is. Now I can turn this off. I can't wait. I like uh, Instagram is like I think they're taking likes away. Like you can't see how many people have liked right, your why? photos. And I think that if Twitter ever does that, that will be the best thing that has ever happened to it because then <laughs> I can finally be free. Right. The end of you know my my co-host of my podcast Kate always says that um, it's like every week I slowly become more and more like upset by Twitter and she's like the end of this entire project is just you leaving Twitter and becoming a Christian (laughs) (laughs) well that might be nice for you honestly that might be nice I am really looking into um, becoming a Quaker and they just seem very peaceful that's my people a lot of silence yep which boy would I love yep just don't speak until you're moved to oh and you don't have to (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's what I like about it. Well, you mentioned uh, the the podcast is mm-hmm. called Reply Guys, which is. is why I brought it up to begin with. Uh, and uh, that's also with Kate Willett, yes. uh, a great comedian, great comedian who has been on this show, and uh, we share a kind of history of comedy in San Francisco. But you started in Boston. You're from Boston. I did, yeah. Okay. And uh, did you do some work uh, at Rick Jenkins' place? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was, uh, so that's the comedy studio in yeah. Cambridge, Massachusetts. And, um, yeah, I was a comic in residence there before I left in 2015, I want to say. So that's the old place? Yeah. Because now was, they've redone it. Yeah, that was the place that was above the Hong Kong, which is, like, right down the street from where I used to live in uh-huh. Cambridge. Um, I, you know, I have to I have to say I always am talking up Cambridge because I think it is as good as Boston is a lot, you know. It's Boston is uh, Boston's its own thing. I love Boston. I'm Boston trash forever. I am, uh, you know, multi generation Boston trash. But Cambridge is so good, and I always recommend people go there. But I actually even haven't. I haven't been to the new space yet. Uh huh. Um, I went to Rick's wedding. Oh my gosh, he's the best. I love. Yeah, him, so lovely. Kristen, so yeah. great. Yeah, lovely. Uh, who were some of the comedy folks at the time? What are we talking about? Gondelman, Rossi. Oh my gosh, who was oh, there? Oh yeah, well, so Julia Rossi and Josh Gondelman are are two of my my now my now friends. But Josh Gondelman's one of my one of my nearest and dearest. Yeah. Um, but they had both left by the time I got there. Um, I think the the people who were coming up when I very first started. People who were like really already kind of established and on their way up were Sam J, yeah. who now Great. writes for SNL. So funny. She's been on the show. Gave me some of the biggest laughs. I mean, she's the funniest. She's the funniest person. <laughs> we um, did a gig at a college in uh, somewhere, Connecticut, and uh, oh gosh, just, she's she's the funniest. Just the best. Um, and Ryan Donahue, who is another amazing comedian, who I think he got he got JFL like maybe a year or two after I I first saw him just for um, laughs yeah yeah he's yeah. the he's also just so funny um yeah there's a lot of but it, you know that's one of the great things about Boston is that so many great people start there yeah um so they're always coming back like I got to see Gary Goldman in these like tiny little rooms <laughs> when I was first starting and it was amazing yeah 
Um, yeah. So much uh, knowledge that can be imparted yeah. in such an intimate setting. <laughs> uh, is there a style to Boston comedy other than trying to work Dunkin' Donuts into every set? <laughs> I mean, that we, we're not trying. It's just effortless. Uh, <laughs> Dunkin' is life. Um, I think that it's like pretty... I don't know if it, if it's like entirely monolithic. It's. I assume it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I think it like it is a place. Uh, it's a comedy scene that like cares a lot about joke, like joke density. I. I yeah. Um. I've I've gone to Chicago a lot, and I think of them as kind of like comparable scenes, except Chicago is more experimental, and Boston is more. Um, <sighs> I think it values the literate commun- uh, comedian, <laughs> yeah. someone with good references, really tight jokes, yeah, good, good I writing. Think it's, I think it's about I. I think it's a very like writerly scene to come up in. Seems like then Chicago, you can just do weird, maybe gross yeah. stuff, and San Francisco, you can have some pauses. Right, take your time. <laughs> you know, Boston, we're just like very, uh, you know, puritanical, sexless. There we go. Um, so. You know, less weird and gross stuff and more just like stuff about our estranged fathers. (laughs) That's what I like. That's what I like. Uh, Do you have any good Duncan memories, though? I mean... They're all good. They're all good. (laughs) Anytime you're in one of those places. Hard-pressed to find a bad memory in a Dunkin' Donuts. We had a gal in Providence Mm -hmm. uh, where I spent a little bit of time uh, doing some uh, continuing education uh, at RISD and Brown, and you go there at Thayer Street, 2 a.m., right, and get a little brain food, <laughs> breakfast croissant sandwich, and a medium coffee, regular. Uh-huh. And and this woman with a long uh, black braid, very tight, oiled, I want to say, Okay. Uh, very long nails. Mm-hmm. Uh, may, I don't think it, it was pre-nail art, so I'm not sure if there were jewels in there or not, but it gave the appearance of it. She moved quick with, like, lightning uh, glasses. Just, and you... Regular would always be like a bucket of cream and two scoops, like two the big scoops scoop, of sugar. like the actual scoop of of sugar in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was great! <laughs> yeah. It was great. Some of my best memories. <laughs> I mean, Dunkin' Donuts is pretty much solely responsible for all of like the coronary artery disease in Massachusetts. So, <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, I tell you this though about Dunkin'. No loyalty to the voice performers that do their uh, ads. Oh, my gosh. Well, I will be writing to their CEO. I do a little bit of that on the side. <laughs> Almost every other day I get an audition for Duncan, and they change it all. Oh. That's tough to be. It's tough. They're elusive, those guys. It's, hard. it's hard out there. Boston, uh, I'll say this. I never took to it when I lived there. <laughs> yeah. And it was, you know, Newberry Comics, The Swan Boats. And maybe like a couple of I don't know. It never really added well, up that's for like me. The to- that is the touristy kind of. Yeah, I don't know. But I've been since, and there's very good food. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some water, uh, decent sure drinks. Yep, it's it's not bad. City that wears its alcoholism on its sleeve. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's why our bars are not open past two a.m. So it would be a disaster, wouldn't it? I mean, there would be riots. <laughs> yeah. There would be. <laughs> Public unrest. <laughs> but you said you are multi-generation yeah. in that area. So yeah. how far back do you go? Um, I assume a few generations. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe three or four. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, my, uh, again, you know, I, I am Boston trash. My 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 forefathers were Irish trash before them. Yes. 
Um, so yeah, just a lot of uh, people who age poorly. (laughs) (laughs) And was it, did you grow up in a political household? Were they very active? A lot of Dukakis fans? Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say that my parents are big voters. I think voting is like a very Massachusetts thing. We have mandatory like town meetings. So it's like, if you, if you have a township, in Massachusetts, you have to have a town meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not mandatory to go, obviously, but it's like <laughs> that's what I thought. That would be like My goodness. That that it that actually was a tradition. I think in like the Massachusetts Bay Colony was that you had sure. to go. You had to go to church and you had to go to the town meeting, and they would like send people around to check. You're out. I don't know. That sounds great to me. Uh, <laughs> I am a Puritan. Um, yeah. No. Uh, very political. My my dad is like really into politics, but he is really just kind of a a troll. Like my dad is, I don't even know what his political ideology is. I just know that he says he loves to say things that upset me. Oh. I think that's his political ideology. Perhaps <laughs> is that is just upsetting me. He sounds like the original reply guy. He is. He is. <laughs> There's. I mean, yeah. There is no question. I'm really going to try to get him on the podcast because he has been the most requested reply guy's guest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, I don't know what he believes. Just he likes just to loves, needle you. He just loves to loves to get under my skin. He's good at it. Uh, well, Dukakis was one of the first ones I really locked into as yeah. a, as a guy. I thought, well, that he's good. Okay. Because I like Geraldine Ferraro, but Mondale was kind of lumpy. You know, you couldn't see it. But uh, Dukakis, I thought, well, okay. Then he puts Lloyd Benson on the bill, and you think, oh. And then he's in the tank, and you think, nah. why are they such bad campaigners up there? Massachusetts politicians? Yeah. You have a string of them from Kerry sure. and Romney yeah. and Warren. Now yeah. she's maybe a little bit better so far. But what is it? Is we it the mandatory town meetings? <laughs> You know, we can't totally take credit for Elizabeth Warren. She is from Oklahoma, so oh, oh, right, maybe right. that's why she's a little bit better, is that she hasn't been poisoned by our... True, um, true. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, looking back at the John Kerry camp, he, oh boy, just... What was it? How did it anybody think that, that this this was the guy? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that many people did, and then something happened know. in Iowa, maybe. It was strange. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We have a, yeah, and you know what? I will say that, you know, currently Joe Biden is running the 2004 campaign, so (laughs) God bless him, Uh, and I think he's going to win it, Uh, (laughs) the old 04. Yeah. No, but- when his dentures popped out, it was so alarming to me. It's so, I mean, he and Giuliani definitely have the same dentures guy. (laughs) There's no question. They both have those crazy horse teeth. Right. Wait, which, although- I don't know how much of that is Giuliani's dentures because I just saw a picture of his son and his son has the longest teeth I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) He married his cousin or something. (laughs) I mean, they all look a little bit inbred. I don't know. Something's going on there. Boy, it's a strange. It's a strange moment, isn't it? It really is. And that's it's it's unavoidable. You don't want. I always you start out at a family gathering or something, and over the holidays we may have some coming up, and and it just that's the thing that ends up happening at the end of the meal after one glass of wine, a sip of cider. Boy, you're right there in it. How can it be happening like this? Uh, I'm sorry that Marianne Williamson didn't take off because she was speaking to to my people. Absolutely. And uh, I lo- I think she. Talk about somebody looks good in a turtleneck. Oh my God! Incre- First of all, I mean, I'm very taken by Marianne Williamson just because I will literally do anything 
for a woman who has great skin and she is just she has like a really distant look in her eyes and great skin and that's someone who I um will immediately follow for the rest of my life (laughs) and you know to Marianne's credit she actually is besides Bernie Sanders the only person who called what happened in Bolivia a coup so yeah Yes, queen. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm also okay if she just kind of uh, runs an ashram. I mean, and, absolutely. Uh, you know, we I, just have I will a follow her wherever she goes. Mentor mentee relationship. I love that. That'll be fine. It's fine. I guess that's what she does anyway. Um, but this is it, it's Marianne Williamson is part of this whole sort of realignment, this gravitational pull towards things that. I certainly uh, am involved in and profit from, which is kind of the wellness community sure. and why we have so many turn- people turning up at our wellness clinic down by the Gowanus. They're turning to these new age, formerly new age, we need a new name for it, I guess, remedies and the crystals and the healing and the sound baths and all this kind of stuff. Do you get into that? Do you do you find yourself drawn to that as well? I do not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good. Um, I th- yeah, I think that I'm just too, I don't know, I'm just like too much of a Catholic lobster for for crystals. <laughs> but I, I my, yeah, Kate is very, Kate's very, uh, she's on that wavelength. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. She's, she spent a little time in the Bay. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she spent time in the Bay. Anybody she's, out there gets a little touch of it. She's lived in, uh, she's lived in like communes. She's, you know, yeah. communal oh, housing. Oh, right. Right. I remember. She's made beans for 40 people. She's, yeah. she's done the work. Yes. That, me too. What <laughs> <laughs> wasn't my fondest time. Yeah. <laughs> Or I am not fond of that time particularly. It's a lot of people to manage. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And if somebody sets the kitchen on fire, well, okay. Absolutely. You know, you've got to have a mandatory meeting sure. of the house. Absolutely. So you, you don't get into it at all? No, I don't understand it. I don't um, I, I don't know anything about astrology either, except for that mine is bad. Like my, my birth <laughs> chart is bad. So I don't want I don't want to believe it's real because my it's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would like to find something other than outrage to fuel this machine that we have going. I agree. Like like if we need to just Ghostbuster to this thing, get some boom boxes and play it. We're all in that mad ooze that Mm -hmm. was everywhere. And maybe we need a song or something to. To put on there to Certainly. just soothe us, music. What do you? What, how do you relax though? How do you get away from it if you're constantly engaged with it? I mean, I have never relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. I've never chilled. Um, <clears throat> I wish I could. So, uh, sometimes I watch the like Bon Appetit YouTube videos. All yeah. of those the people in the Bon Appetit test kitchen. Um, that's fun for me. What are they doing? They're. Is it like America's Test Kitchen, but just in a different sort of yeah? Outlet? It's like, and they all have very distinctive like personalities. They and they all have their little specialties. I don't know. It's very relaxing to see people um, having fun and yes. <laughs> something that is increasingly foreign to me. And uh, yeah, just doing something that is not shouting into the void about politics. Yes, but do you cook yourself? Yes, I do. Yes, I have. Well, I have to. Um, <laughs> I, I'm very, I'm very poor, and and I, I don't. I went to brunch for the first time. I've lived in New York for almost four years. I went to brunch for the first time on Sunday. Oh, congratulations! Thank you so much. Um, 
Yeah. Also, I, sh- I shouldn't say I'm very poor. I'm just like, I'm just not rich enough to eat out. Yeah. No. At restaurants. It's, it's expensive. It's expensive. It's expensive. I once, uh, one of the uh, folks I knew from the college days, you know, you meet people and they're from all over and this person happened to be from New York City. He said, well, my parents spend probably $100,000 on takeout every year. And I thought, no, nah, that can't be. Can't be. <laughs> but now that I live here. Yeah, you could. I see it. I see it. You absolutely could. You definitely need some funds to support you that. Know? That's why I'm a, I'm a soup gal. I just make soup. Soup? Well, that'll last you. Put that in the freezer. Absolutely. What's the What's the soup? All kinds. All kinds. What's the top, though? What do you really like when it comes out? Oh, boy. I you could... got one of those emulsifier things oh, that you put no, in Oh, no, I'm not that okay. not that, uh, okay. that technical, but no, I just throw a bunch, like, I, it changes every week. I just throw a bunch of, a bunch of shit in a pot, and that's, <laughs> and that's it, baby. That's it, that classic Cambridge recipe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I was thinking about clam chowder recently. I don't, I don't. Yes, I, tell me about what it. What an, ins- I mean, I was raised on it. Yes. Like, I, and what an insane soup. What a, I mean, it's a chowder, obviously. It's not a soup. But who thought of that? Clams, yeah. hot cream, <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Seems like somebody had something that was uh I saw one with, it was left a, like in the absolutely kitchen. a drunk person made that <laughs> made that recipe. There's no yeah. way that someone was just like, Yeah, let's douse clams in hot dairy. Yeah, that does not appeal it's just not. on the face of it. But then once you get to a nice uh, chowder, yeah, and I'll tell you, Manhattan clam chowder. It's uh, well, that is not a chowder. No, it's not. It's not something you should eat at all. Yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Get out of here with that. Get out of here with your red base. Get out of here. Give me that fine, thick, hearty <laughs> stuff. They used to have a good one at Friendlies. Oh my gosh, we had a Friendlies in my hometown growing up. Yeah, Incredible do you get a lot place. of chowder there? No, I what I would get. Well, what I think what I. They basically just had Kraft macaroni and cheese there that they would. It's Friendly's was the funniest place. I don't know. There's only like one left now. I There's think. No, yeah, not many. I think it's the original one that's in Western Massachusetts. And I would say from about ninety one through I don't know now, very poorly run. Absolutely, into the ground. Yeah, there was a heyday there in the eighties. Yeah, maybe yeah, in the eighties, but then it just really collapsed. My and greatest I, regret. As a person who was born in 1990, is that I did miss the heyday of Friendlies. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that is something that I'll just have to live with. I weep for you. <laughs> <laughs> it was really something. <laughs> Happy ending. Yeah. Was there an unfortunately named Sunday? Not great. Not great. Not great as a Delicious. name. Delicious. Delicious. Not great as a name. Yeah. No, somebody didn't think that through. Absolutely not. Too pure. Uh, too uh, pure. Yeah, too pure. Yeah, too pure innocent. Apart. Innocent. <laughs> the friendlies people were named like friendlies and a happy ending dessert. Yikes. Somebody should have thought it. <laughs> they needed some somebody with a little mind. So speaking about, uh, uh, back to this idea of maybe soothing music, mm-hmm. um, do you play music while you cook? I do. Somet- well, Okay. So this is another. I do often listen to podcasts while I cook, and yeah. that's another thing that I need to stop doing because all the podcasts that I'm attracted to um, as a listener also make me upset. Yeah. Um, so it is a lot of political podcasts or like I don't know, true crime, but not the murder stuff. Like more of like the frauds. Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, so I like that. I like a I like a, a swindler and yeah. 
an MLM, you know. Well, yeah, you're in the golden age of swindlers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that. But I feel I, I'm worried that you're in too much of a bubble. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> and that, that this feedback loop is is oh yeah, no, is it's dangerous to you. It is. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Sometimes I, yeah, I, I, oddly enough, I find that canvassing like for candidates and stuff like that, getting outside and actually talking to real people is very helpful. Yeah. Um, because you're just like, oh, you know, I've been thinking about all this very kind of insular left fighting all the time, but there's people out here who, you know, just don't, just are pure of heart and don't think about this at all on their, in their everyday lives. God bless them. That's what I say. When I encounter someone like that or hear about that, because I'm not sure I've actually encountered that too much, but I guess so a little bit. It's it's like seeing a unicorn. Absolutely. I don't understand how that can even happen. I just where I you're just not say, tuned in. You know, I want to protect and keep you. I just don't. You <laughs> right. Know, uh, so like pure. take their tears Absolutely. and make some kind of special concoction. <laughs> Mary Ann, tell us what to do <laughs> That's here. Right, Mary. Yeah. Line up our crystals. <laughs> charge them with the energy of these people just tuned out. Yeah. It's magnificent. Incredible. Speaking of canvassing, it's reminding me that we, you know, we had Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on the show. Uh, right as she started, I don't think I've really talked about this, but she, she, we had a political night because, of course, one must. One must. And uh, we had a great night, a live show, and they said, we'd like to have a candidate come on. I thought, oh, this is, this is bad news, right? We don't, we don't want to have somebody up here. Pushing their own agenda kind sure. of thing and all that. And, oh, well, we have this young lady, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She'd like to, like to do it. Said, well, okay, but just a little bit at the top and keep it general, not too much about her own campaign. I don't want it to pull focus. <laughs> and so and then she did and did it. Very nice. Hello, blah, blah, blah. And impressive. And we never heard from her again. <laughs> <laughs> she went away. And right, six months later, wow. it's like uh, suddenly she's at the center of this universe. It's yeah. so, it was so bizarre. And had I known, I would have had her <laughs> sit down. <laughs> it must have been oh, one of the first asking. things she did. Yeah. Did you canvas for her at all? Did you go out and do any no, action? Well, no, because her district is so far from okay. where I live. Yeah. Uh, but no, and, and honestly, I she... You know, I I canvassed for Julia Salazar, who is a right. state senator, uh, an elected state senator who ran in my in my district. But no, um, uh, AOC. I did see her speak uh, recently, and she's very she's very good. She's very yeah. effective. It's it's amazing that this person can inspire such anger, outrage mm-hmm. for for just just being there, just being present, just being like alive with the light. I know. I don't understand that. Being a woman is is tricky. It's tricky. <laughs> Reply, guys. <laughs> well, uh, so, but there must have been a time where, where you did have some kind of relaxation happening, some kind of uh, soothing music. Were you uh, of the age where you would make your own mixtapes, that kind of thing? Oh, certainly. Like taping it from the radio? Certainly. So, um, not not from the radio. I definitely would burn a lot of CDs. Okay. All right. Um, well, we have a few <laughs> age difference there, but that's fine. Oh, yes, I just burn assume CDs. that you think that I'm much older than I am, which, again, no, my, no, my no. ancestors have aged very poorly. <laughs> I understand. No, our, no, no. Our Irish skin is made of paper. No. But. 
No, I cringed the same way when you said you were born in 1990. I heard it. <laughs> it registered in my soul. I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm so old. Uh, but because everybody's doing this 2009, 2019 oh, yeah. flashback kind mm-hmm. of a thing, which doesn't make any sense to me. That's the world. Just wait a year. Just wait a year. That's the time, bro. That's the time. That's the time. But uh, what would uh, the, on, be on the playlist What does it, uh, uh, of 2009, Julia? Oh, I was, okay, so I was, I mean, I still am to a certain degree, but I was, like, obsessed with uh, the band Vampire Weekend. Um, I was an early adapter of Vampire Weekend, and they really spoke to me as, uh, I mean, their aesthetic is immediately, I was like, well, I love them, because they (laughs) wear a lot of sweaters, and, you know... Just look like they just finished hazing their pledges or whatever. So that really spoke to me in yeah. 2009. Yes. Not so much now, but um, yeah, I loved them. I really wore, I think their first album came out in like 2008 or something. So I was just them and like Fleet Foxes. They're very, they're very okay. relaxing. Okay. Um, yeah. I also, in the, ugh, this is so stupid, but in the fall and winter, I listened to a lot of like classical music and jazz, yes. which is very, very soothing. Yep. Really love Chet Baker. Yeah. Um, yeah. Julie London. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, so. I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, other rock bands with sweaters. I think probably Vampire Weekend is the best deployment of sweaters since maybe the Kingston Trio. Wow. Uh, And uh, you talk about the jazz. and I always had a couple albums that, boy, they go right on in the fall. Yeah. And there's one that's a Yo-Yo Ma, Mark O'Connor, kind of Appalachian thing. Oh, that's nice. They're all on the porch with suspenders. Okay. (laughs) All right, I'm there. And it just brings me into that crisp air. And the and the leaves. It's true. We have seasonal sounds, Absolutely. isn't it? That's mm-hmm. nice to. It's this is the time when it's dark to listen to a little Chet Baker. Oh, yeah. Chet Baker sings is my favorite. It's a great album. Favorite album of his. Yeah. yeah. Very good. And now today, that's where you would be. Still, yeah. 2019. Yeah. More that. Less sweaters. More sweaters. More... Less Vampire Week. <laughs> <laughs> their yeah. Their last. Um. I mean, their last album was pretty good. Their. A lot of people came on board with them with their uh, their third album, Modern Vampires of the City, and I that was not my favorite. It was like three tracks too long, <laughs> and I also think that about Father of the Bride, their most recent album. It's a, a few tracks too long, but the first two albums are perfect, and I think Contra is like a perfect album. And was there something about discovering them early and having it be your own? Yeah, that was also uh, fueling that. Absolutely, love. and I've seen them like four times. Oh. And uh, it is, as a white person, it is uh, the place where I feel it's the only place I can I can dance freely, um, <laughs> without fear of uh, of public shame or embarrassment uh-huh. because everyone looks bad. <laughs> it's where I go to be to be free to be yeah, myself. Your authentic self. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the holidays are coming up. Are you mm-hmm. going to be baking anything for that? Do you are you responsible for a, a, a meal of any kind? Yes. So, um, yeah, Thanksgiving is a few days away. Yes. And I am probably I'm usually responsible for at least like half of Thanksgiving, which is like most of the vegetables. Half. Yeah. That's a that's a decent amount. You have siblings. I, mean, I, I, I do, and unfortunately, my, my brother is not going to be here this year, so I'm. It's going to be even more than that. My mom, um, 
my mom does the the turkey and the apple pie neither of which i eat so i basically do all like the vegetable stuff um because you're vegetarian or vegan i you know i don't like to talk about it because oh. it's, it's very embarrassing <laughs> but yes i am a vegan and it's uh it's something that brings me a great deal of shame and i yeah, i don't like to talk about it but <laughs> Because it's because it's so uncool. But yeah. I think you're a person of the future. I, if I am trying to realign myself just to the first step, to the vegetarian thing. I always think, what would Marianne do? And I hey, think that this you. is it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but I, I basically do all of the vegetables, and I also make, like, cornbread and stuff like that. Oh, what are you putting in that? What do you mean? Well, I mean, is it kind of some fancy cornbread or is it no, pretty straightforward? It's pretty straightforward. Okay. So. I'm, a, I'm a humble Puritan. <laughs> some people have the chunks of corn in it. Some people put a little jalapeno in oh, it. Oh, no. No, just make the nice Man, bread for the people. Push those people out of a window. You know what I just had this weekend? Turnip bread. Okay. It was delicious. Okay. Kind of like a cake, a sweet little cake. Oh, sweet. Almost like an olive oil cake. You know oh, those? Oh, I would have assumed it would be like a savory bread. I know. I know. Turnip cake. Yes. And yeah. I don't know if it's a, a, a kind of a Finnish thing or some some other uh, foreign land. I mean, the Scandinavians can... They can make some magic with a turnip. <laughs> <laughs> you see some of those root make vegetables. Make some magic with a turnip. <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, that, I just feel like they probably don't have a lot to do yeah. out there. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But see, well, like your cornbread, that's how I feel about the cranberry sauce. Just give it to me from the can. Come on. It's I don't the need be- anything. I, I mean, there are people there are people who like cook professionally who are just like cranberry sauce in the can. Like that's yeah. it. You cannot improve upon it. Absolutely not. It's, it's a perfect. perfect it's a perfect food. It's you basically <laughs> get to eat cranberry jello. Yes. Yes. Come on. I don't need bits in it. We don't, I don't need, need bits. your orange, orange zest. zest. Get out of here. Get out of here. We don't Give need whole cranberries. The, the reason why cranberry sauce is the way it is is because cranberries on their own are trash. <laughs> and I say that as Massachusetts trash myself. It grows in a bog. It's a it's a bog food. <laughs> Come on. Ah, uh, well, uh, I recently found out. That uh, not only was one of my ancestors one of the first witches of the Salem trials, <laughs> but uh, also one of the relatives came over on the Mayflower, which I hadn't known really wow. until until this year. And uh, I uh, so I guess probably mm, some of the folks were at the first Thanksgiving. Wow. However ginned up that story is, and sure. I welcome all alternative narratives to that. <laughs> I gather it had some kind of root in uh, uh, post-Civil War efforts to unify the country, yeah. as often with these things, uh, Santa Claus, uh, holidays like that. They, it was some kind of marketing ploy. Well, yeah, because Abraham Lincoln is the one who declared Thanksgiving a national holiday. Right. And apparently the actual uh, Thanksgiving was more of a uh, quiet contemplation thing. Right. Originally, that would have squared up with where the pilgrims were thinking of a moment of reflection. And Thanksgivings were things that were more feast-like and Mm -hmm. festival with the harvest. Anyhow, then they made this thing, and now we're all stuck with it. (laughs) I love it. 
Can you imagine starting a rumor like that, having an effort like that, just printing a couple of broadsides, and then all of a sudden everyone is trapped. You're at the LaGuardia. You're, everybody <laughs> is on the bus getting there and making it. You've got all this cooking to do. Mm-hmm. That's one person that started that. Imagine that responsibility. Imagine. Why would you want to be that person? I, I don't know. I don't understand a lot or of Or is people. it fun? Thanksgiving? Well, fun to start a rumor that Absolutely. then becomes enshrined in the American culture. I mean, <laughs> that's what we love to do. That's a national pastime. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Dewey defeats Truman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I noticed, and we talked about it, you enjoy turtlenecks. I sure do. I'm yeah. wearing one right now. Oh, I, I just thought, do you agree that 2020 is going to be a big year for the turtle community? <laughs> I, we can only hope. <laughs> we can only hope. Uh, well, if you'd ever like to come down to the turtle swap that we do uh, down at the piers, you're more than welcome. Wow, or send so me much. a list oh. if you have some. Uh, most of them are XLs because it's just some of the fellas. Okay. But uh, they're comfy to sleep in. Yeah. Still tight around the neck, but. But that's what I prefer. <laughs> yeah. As really someone who's very repressed, um, <laughs> I love just feeling constricted at all times, much like. Um, you know, a socially acceptable straitjacket to wear out and about. Right. <laughs> and where do you find it, if not at the turtle swaps? Where do you find What's your source for turtlenecks? For turtlenecks? Yeah. You know, your, uh, your Banana Republics, your yep. uh, L.L. Bean. Yeah, that's a classic. A it's classic. A they really have kind of cornered the market on it. Oh, man, do I love an L.L. Bean. I saw some at Uniqlo for the first time. Okay. So that's what made me think, okay, 2020, 2020 we're on board now. You get a $19.90 turtleneck. We're cooking with gas. That's a price point I can work with. (laughs) (laughs) That's for the young people. That's Um, for the people making soup at home. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, representation matters. (laughs) It Uh, certainly does. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have some predictions for the next year based on your keen insight into what's going on? Oh, gosh. In the world? In, like in politics? Whatever you'd like. Well, I think, I mean, in the world, I I don't want to speculate on like the Democratic primary because I have no idea. And yeah. polls are, as we've seen, notoriously faulty. I have no idea who's going to win. Too many moving parts at this uh, point. Too many moving parts. I, uh, well, I mean, it's pretty obvious that Donald Trump is going to get impeached but not removed um, because... You know, Mitch McConnell is still with us. So, <laughs> what do they have on these people? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but you can work it out over the holiday table. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, my dad is going to have some real choice opinions. I think. <laughs> yes. But um, in terms of, I mean, it seems like Brexit is a nightmare, and it's it's probably not. Yes. It's it just like they're going to. Boris Johnson is the the current prime minister, and he's going to hold another vote on on Brexit. And it just seems like he's opening the door for everyone to say they don't want it, which is great. Yeah. But also, it's like it's just. I mean, there. It feels good that we're not the only uh, country that's currently on fire politically. <laughs> Far from it. The special relationship <laughs> once again. Yeah. Yeah, far from it. Well, it's it's, it's troubling times, mm-hmm. but uh, I do look forward to this time of year where you can kind of hunker down, maybe uh, experience some new things, 
be reminded of why you are the way you are by your family. <laughs> <laughs> the reasons why you live in New York and not there. Yeah. And, and to uh, maybe get some new things in through the gifts or presents. Or sure. Just have a nice conversation, something like that. Is there a, is there a Boston, new, you know, there's like the Thanksgiving Day Parade here. There's the New Year's uh, Parade here. Is there something? Right there's a new, oh the New Year's Times Square kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Is there something in Boston or Cambridge that you look forward to as a kind of annual celebration? In Thanksgiving, not. Or at the end of the year, throughout the oh. holidays. <sighs> Philadelphia, where I'm from, has the Mummers Day Parade, oh, and wow. which is a very troubling and uh, problematic right. <laughs> effort by some gentlemen uh, cross-dressing and wearing feathers. And probably adopting something from Mardi Gras Indians, but then making it Philly. And that's where my mom's from. Oh, okay. She's doing the yeah. She's going down there to do some like Christmas stroll or something with a bunch of her friends from high school. A lot of strolling going a lot of on strolling. down there. Yes, uh, yes. She is the weirdest group of friends from high school. It's like <laughs> one of them is a socialist anti-vaxer. One of them is a like. MAGA Trump supporter and there's two nuns Who, it's like what happened in your high school things took a turn there things really I'm just like and how do you all get along yeah it was a tough job market maybe I when they graduated <laughs> but yeah huh. well that's <laughs> oh to be a fly on the wall of that know. stroll uh, that sounds like oh gosh, it'll be something. Yeah, yeah, but no, no, no uh, celebration other than merely participating in the holidays. Yeah, that will I, mark the end of this year. Well, there's, I mean, Boston always has their own like tree lighting, and because um, they have a they have a big tree, I can't remember where they put it up, but yeah, Cambridge always gets decorated. Um, so does Boston, but yeah, I when I lived there, I lived in Cambridge, and it was, it's it's really. It's nice. I love going to the the Harvard bookstore. Yes. On uh I think it's on Mass Ave in not the coop, the smaller one. Um for our listeners up for, there. For for <laughs> yeah, I mean if you yeah. go, you should go there. You should yeah. go to Trident Booksellers, the Brookline Booksmith. Hell yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. There we go. That's the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we can turn to literature, can't we? Mm-hmm. And good books, good music, family and friends. I love it. Well, that is, I realize that I should be, re- I'm reading some more like fiction now. And I'm good. like, that's the, that's what I, I have to stop reading books about the State Department because it's not helping my <laughs> no. sickness. Um, but yeah, again, it's it's what I'm like attracted to learning about. Like, I really want to read that book, Say Nothing, pa- the Patrick Radden Keefe book about the troubles in Ireland. Oh, yeah. You know, just some chill holiday yeah, right. reading. Really, but... turn it down a notch. <laughs> <laughs> Cozy up with some Chet Baker and a fire, <laughs> and get into the troubles of Northern Ireland. Um, well, if you do, if you find joy in that, <laughs> I mean, yeah. To unwind, my dad watches. Shows that are like women who kill their husbands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's there. It's in the family. It's in you the blood. You kind of can't yeah. escape that. Um, but still, I remain an optimist <laughs> <laughs> that you'll pick up a good book about yeah. uh, somebody living on a coast. That's what I want. Windswept. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> good. Well, uh, maybe if you want to turn over a wish list or something to me, I'll fill it out for <laughs> okay. you. 
That would be good. Until then, do you have some shows coming up over the next uh, couple of weeks? I do. I'm back in Boston at the Mendoza line on this coming Saturday. And oh, I was not Or should prepared. people uh, refer to your yeah. website? Yeah, you have please, everything please up go there. to my, my website. <laughs> it's uh, it's juliaclaire.com. It's julia-claire. Sorry, oh, dot com. Julia-claire.com. And my, um, I also post about my shows on Twitter. Um, it's at O Julia tweets, O H Julia tweets. And yeah, I'm always, um, as, as was mentioned, I'm always there. Um, <laughs> and the show, the reply guys, the show is week. called reply guys and new episodes come out every Wednesday. And we have a great episode coming out with, um, a very funny comedian, George Severus. Oh, terrific. He's talking to us about media literacy. Hey now. Hey now, <laughs> the good stuff. That sounds great. I love when the candidates announce their website at the end of their little thing at the so debate. Funny. <laughs> so funny. At least they're not still reading out www. That was so, a really I nice mean, time. That's, I I think my favorite part of the last debate was when um, Joe Biden said that domestic violence uh, was something that we have to keep punching at. <laughs> An incredible choice. He's oh. just gifted with words. <laughs> He's a wordsmith. He's a wordsmith. Um, Well, finally, would 2009, Julia, be proud of 2019, Julia? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm not a virgin anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So that's pretty tight. (laughs) That's Uh, right. The soup's working. The soup is working. (laughs) Yeah, I've got, uh, you know, I've got friends. I I live in squalor. I... Have sex quarterly, and there you go. <laughs> and lots of attention online. Absolutely. <laughs> well, great. Well, Julia, Claire, thank you for your good work. Uh, thank thank you. you for the the podcast and everything. Uh, uh, we'll end on a happy note and just say thank you for being here and thank best you for wishes having me uh, for the holiday season. Thank you so much. Happy holidays, everybody. Oh, to relax with a bowl of chowder. Sometimes I'll make a tub of the stuff and just soak in it. Talk about medicinal baths. Nothing is better for the skin than warm clams and thick dairy. Ask any New England witch about it. Well, my thanks to Julia Clare for joining me and do catch her perform. She's so funny. I hope you are enjoying the start of the holidays with your family and friends. I'll be scooping out some cranberry for Kid Pepsi and Katrina and the rest. Now, uh, you, if you enjoy the show, there's so many ways to listen to it. It's just growing every day. Now, I'm, I'm happy to announce you can be streaming this show on the online streaming platform Pandora. So go over there. You can also listen to it on one of their competitors. You can listen to it on Spotify. You can listen to it on Stitcher. All right, you could do SoundCloud, but it seems like few people do that. As always, you could do it on Apple Podcasts. I'm telling you, there's many ways to get this show, and if you're sitting in traffic, there's no reason not to tune in. Now, if you're on Spotify, I put together a little playlist with all the musicians that I've interviewed, and I put the song up there that inspired me to reach out to them, and then after that, you can listen to the conversation. With it. Isn't that so? That's what technology is doing for us now, and I hope you'll take advantage of it. And however you uh, are listening to the show, I just want to say thank you for doing so. And remember to give thanks that although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead.
Deep Night with Dale is independently produced and performed by James Bewley. Season 12 podcast icon illustrated by Lars Litaro. Deep Night Season 12 theme by Zach Gabbard. Music throughout the episode is provided by the talented roster at Haller Hills Farm in Ohio. Production studio space provided by Harvestworks here in New York City. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts or tune in on Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Thank you for listening, and this season, I encourage you all to leave your portals open. <laughs>